1: Put the spring back into your step and into your home too shop blinds.com right now and save up to 45 percent. up to 45 percent off for a limited time at blinds.com blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply
2: welcome back to the second guest show mike to take you along with the cajun cannon bobby Bear, live from the super slipper casino beachside right here in hancock county mississippi bobby j and i will be on until seven o'clock tonight And then it'll be the Matt McMahon show at 7 p.m. And, man, you talk about a rough goings, man, with LSU men's basketball and Matt in his first year, difficult situation. But Kim Mulkey got it rolling, and uh, they play in the night at 6 o'clock at the PMAC against uh, the Lady Vowles. With us each and every Monday night, Mr. Dave Hilbert from the Silver Slipper. Dave. Uh, man, great to be here. Yeah, you, you you got a lot of free eats you got to give out there. Just get them tickets ready, man. I
3: uh, heard them calling you
2: Super Dave. Oh like, man, Super Now <laughs> yeah. you can run up against the wall and attach yourself there. Yeah. I saw that on Letterman a couple times. Uh, uh, Dave, uh, man, how'd you like the game yesterday?
4: Oh man, you know, of course, the first. I mean, I Purdy got hurt with that first game. I was like, oh man, end here of we go. In the in the story, and it was kind of. And I don't know how would have, how would it even gone if he if he had stayed on there because they're it was such a dominating team, you know. Then and then the and then the, uh, the next game, you know, the um, it I mean, was entertaining. It, it, you know, and the Chiefs. It the, was entertaining. The, the Chiefs were, despite some of the calls and all that, the Chiefs looked like a better team. You know, they they dominated offensive line, dominated defense, and. Uh, and maybe it just shows what a, a stud Mahomes is. Even though he's, he's, he's limping the entire time, he was just he's throwing darts at these guys, man. Just
2: incredible. And top three receivers out. Yep. He wins that with Kelsey, who's an unbelievable player. He's really a wide receiver playing tight end. And, and, then and then Valdez, Scanling, Scanling 116 yeah. yards. Hit. And yeah. so that, that was big for them. And just a, Bobby and I were talking about just a couple plays. You think this game's going into overtime. And the punter rockets one to Moore, and he brings it back over 20 yards. And then Osai, who had really played well in the game, you know, he just has a mental freeze. He's aggressive, but that comes to a point where you, you, you can't take that out. And he KOs Mahomes into the... The bench oh, it and so you can't do that today.
4: It all happened in thirty-three seconds, like thirty-three yeah. seconds. A bam, that was over. But and, yeah. and,
2: and they give uh, Butker an opportunity to win the game with the field goal. Well, yeah, because without the fifteen yards, yeah, that would have been an interesting field goal uh, for him to try to make. Yeah, he, he, in those he, weather no, conditions, he,
3: he would have been short. He, he wouldn't have made it. But uh, when you look at it, the bottom line that's why uh, NFL kickers and that's why we got a whole any Saints kicker. Uh, you got a 45-yarder, uh, you got to make it. It's not like, oh, but well, that was a long field goal, you know, and then uh, with Will Lutz and all the Hell no, Will, Will Lutz. Like, I got to look at my notes. Will Lutz struggled this year from like 40, 40 to 50 to 49. yards. Yeah. yeah, 40 to 49 yards. and that He was okay be, from 50-plus.
2: It was but, the 40 to 49 and that he really that, struggled that, that can't be where, because that could be the difference whether you win or lose. So who you like, uh, David? And I'm not going to hold your feet to the fire with this. No, it's, man, uh, I like
4: – you know, I mean, K- Kansas City's been there. They've done that, it with this. That, that's your team. Yeah, I, I, I no, no, tell. no, no. But I, I want – you know, a Jalen Hurts is a, is a kind of a Cinderella story thing, and, and I like Philadelphia. They look good. They play disciplined football, and, you know, I'd like to see Philly win one again.
2: And, man, how about Boston Scott? He was a guy, Saints picked. Uh, he got cut, and they put him on Zachary High School. Uh, yeah, uh, was a powerlifting champion there. Man, because he, he's about five 5'6". Louisiana a half. Tech. But you talk about well-built. He goes to Tech. He put up some nice numbers there. He gets picked. They put him on the uh, cut him, put him on the practice squad. And the Eagles came, and that's how actually they got him. They peeled him off the Saints' practice
3: yeah, squad. Yeah, he, he was like because of his size, uh, the Saints looked at him. Okay, you kind of pass him the torch like the next Darren Sproles. That's what they envisioned with Boston Scott. Then the Eagles snatched him up, and he's been a giant killer. Uh, he, he's that, that's uh, for sure
2: he's had like nine or ten touchdowns against the Giants within and the division it's running back by committee with them because Alter- yeah. Scott Gaineswell Miles Sanders man and they alternate that and I didn't even throw in maybe the most dangerous of them in Jalen Hurts cause yeah when he's out in the open field uh he's held to, to deal with and how quickly they got A.J. Brown involved Early in that game, you know, because A.J. kind of squawked a little bit. Oh, they didn't get me the ball. Come on, you're beating the hell out of the Giants. They don't need to get you the ball 40 times in that game.
3: Right. No, no, you have to look at it. Uh, we can save it. Uh, certain plays you might run against the Chiefs, save it for the Super Bowl. Uh, where, uh, you know, the, Devontae Smith and, uh, you know, he can get off. Mike, it don't have to be all in this game. The game was so well in hand, there's nothing wrong with just bleeding the clock. So you're so and far if ahead. if I got that
2: offensive line, right. I'm, I'm bleeding it. I don't care because they knew they were going to run it. And the 49ers, as good as they were on defense, they couldn't stop it at times. That, that goes to show how dominant that offensive line is because it wasn't the threat of the pass. It really was they were going to run it and, and just try, try to end the game because you can't win if you don't have time. Dave, tell us what's happening here at the Silver Slipper.
4: Well, man, a big shout-out to Andre from Slidell, and also he's from Huntsville, Alabama. That's his home down. But he won that he uh, escaped this past Saturday night, the, the escape. And uh, we're giving away another Ford Escape at the end of February, the uh, last Saturday in, in March, and uh, have our uh, pick-a-rose coming up on. Uh, well, what
2: about that fuzzy dice stuff?
4: The, the fuzzy dice, man, The, the shake, rattle, roll happens every Friday and Saturday night. You can win up to ten grand if you get snake eyes three times in a row. So Sna- Yep. With the fuzzy dice. (laughs) The giant fuzzy (laughs) dice. Three times in a row. (laughs) Okay. And we've had people do it before and uh and, of course, we uh, we got our football square board out on display now, and you can start earning your Super Bowl square this coming Saturday. And then, the, of course, the big game is uh, two uh, Sundays from now. And we but
2: had, ain't it time for you to pick that score right? Be,
4: it's it just about time, man. <laughs>
3: Keep a yeah, the, the, the last one I picked, uh, now what year was that? That's probably about 15 Seattle. years ago was uh, Seattle and the Steelers. Steelers. Uh, and I picked the exact score. And, um, uh, yeah, that's when, uh, boy, uh, Ben Roethlisberger just starting out and um, – the quarterback, now you see him on the Hasselbeck. Yeah. Uh, he's on ESPN. So that's, that's how long that game was. That was a game, though, if you're a Seattle fan. You think you got screwed. Oh, they had five calls in that game. If you look back, uh, still, they, they, people still write articles about that. Yep. Five calls that were so ridiculous that they got wrong. It was so obvious. It wasn't
2: no judgment that they got wrong against Seattle uh, in that Steelers game. I'll never forget Mike Holmgren saying if this is the best crew, that the NFL can give us, I'd hate to see, the worst.
3: <laughs> you know, because, man,
2: that that was a really, really strange. So, bad refereeing, it's not like it started uh, in the no-to-no call. It's been happening. <laughs> uh, and, and so, again, that's going to have to be addressed, and I think certainly technology. is this the second time that the chain crew... Gets messed up, they got to call in uh, a second string, a well, uh, chain crew. Come on, in technology, holding up I don't know, uh, 10 the ten
3: yard know the chain popped or this or that. Uh, I mean, right now, now you, you know what else to me has to change. They should have because we have the technology, like a, a laser, and you know exactly. Or you put a chip in the football. And you know exactly where forward progress is, or that did you break the plane or not? But uh, well, this, Scantling
2: I, did that when he out, when so he put the ball now, out.
3: I think we will have that uh, within the next decade. And uh, I, I would think to get that right, in, spotting in a, the ball, not oh, I'm going to eyeball it. Yeah, let me say it right here. Let me the, put it. The right best
2: here. one was when that referee pulled out that credit card. Yeah, yeah but, And he's he stuck in between it. No, listen, that you, you can't write a script like that. That That's a pretty good one. No, you
3: haven't noticed that they look at the coach like, no, it's four down, and, and, and they have their fingers.
2: It's like, I don't know, but like two inches or something. Like, what? Yeah. You know, one of the things Sean com- has complained about is that years ago, you they used to be able to ask for, uh, hey, a measurement. measurement. Now he says, man, it's really limited. They, they don't want to do They don't that. want to slow down the
3: game. They, they want, want to the, keep up. And then, because he wants to get all his thoughts together. What play is going to call It's next. A part of the
2: strategy. Right. And I get it why he's doing it. Dave, number one buffet number here. One buffet, number one buffet. Number one steakhouse.
5: Absolutely.
4: Come on down to the Silver Slipper. Come on
2: down to the Silver Slipper. Mr. Oh. Dave Hilbert will be back. Big John in Mid-City will take you next Back here on the second guest show, Mike Detail, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Aber live from the Silver Slipper Casino, Beachside, right here in Hancock County, Mississippi. We're going to go back to our Oakwood Hard Jewelers talking text line, Big John in Mid-City. Big John, you're in the huddle with Bobby and Mike.
5: Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you doing today? All right,
2: Big John. All
3: right, all right Big John.
5: Listen, I, I know I sound like a broken record when it comes to this, because I've said it ad nauseum but the officiating situation in the league, it, it resembles to me like um, like Atlantic City, New Jersey. You know, you have a billion dollar casinos on the waterfront and you got an $11 spent on the entire neighborhood behind the casinos. And that's what the officiating is. Why is it that we are looking forward to Jalen Hurts versus Patrick Mahomes, and yet what we're talking about instead is the officiating, that we have to hear Gene Steratore and Dean Blandino and others consistently talking about how they missed this call, how they missed that call, how this call's ridiculous, that call's ridiculous. At what point is the NFL going to
2: decide that this is interfering with their product? Uh, when the casino industry gets involved. Because you know why? Well. You're touching my money now. If people don't think it's legit and they think it's rigged, now you messing with casino money, and once you become a tag team partner uh, with the casinos, man, all I'm telling you is they're going to be the one to push change because now you messing with my money if you're the casino well, industry. Well,
3: the thing is if you still want uh, the human element that you have to have full-time officials. It, you know, if you have full-time officials, we're going to see where that's going to go. Uh, I don't think that's and, going too far. Well, no, but, but if money's getting involved, and, and, and it's got to be them,
2: done eventually.
3: No, no, and then you have f- full time officials, and somehow you know we have the technology, and uh, listen, um, I listen. I'm not anti Devonte Smith. Uh, I mean, you know, I know he went to Alabama; he's from your meet, but he's been unbelievable for the Eagles, and but okay, without having the opposing coach have to challenge that call, whether he. Uh, caught the ball or not. Because you remember the Jamar chase. Now, that was the touchdown play that was reviewed against the Bills. And they said it wasn't a touchdown. And the ball's moving. So, if you're going to use that, the ball's moving, not totally in control, then, to me, you got to get that right. Because to set the tone in the game, all of a sudden, because of that completion, the Eagles are up 7-0. to zero. So, you can still have the human element, but if you have uh, technology... You have to say, well, and, 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 you know, be quick enough that without uh, all of a sudden having the coach to throw a challenge flag, a flag, you might say, well, uh, it slows down the game too much, but
2: you want, don't you want to get it right? And because if you look at that play— but I remember Mahomes, when he made the pass and his knee touched, they didn't have to—somebody— from up top said, hey, listen, after hey, seeing
3: his it, knee touch. His knee well, touch. no, no, you, you, so you get that
2: right. That's I mean. That's uh, all you, the, we the want really is to, to get, get it all right. right. Uh,
3: but if you look at the Eagles, uh, they scored in their opening drive for the second straight, straight playoff game, and that kind of set the tone for the Eagles. You know, a sensational one-handed grab by Devontae Smith, uh, but the replay showed he appeared to lose control. The balls, they hit the ground. But then, you know, the one thing, let's say you're an official and you have an opportunity. Say, so, okay, I've got to look at this. You've got to look at this. You've got to stop play. Just look how Devontae Smith uh, reacted. He popped up and he frantically waved <laughs> yes. the Eagles to the line. Come on, let's go, let's go. Now, Niners coaching staff or Coach Shanahan, they didn't pick up on that and didn't challenge the call. And then they got off the next play. And then uh, Sanders scores on a six-yard run. See, those are the type of things that you have to get right. Because the public looks at the review and they go, well, he didn't really catch it according to the rules. So that's why, to me, you got to get those kind of plays right because it touches a lot of people's money. And then also that uh, people kind of view because it's so important because the money involved that you have full-time officials. And, you know, you might be a lawyer. You might be a college professor whatever. And you might have to choose. Oh, you oh, got to okay. make a, a selection. No, you've got to compensate these individuals, and they're going to be graded and judged on every game and year in and year out to be the best of the best. But you're always going to have that human element. But when you have all the money involved, you can't uh, you know, have controversial calls. But Big John, I'm going to ask you. like I, I, I would ask the audience this. I want somebody to call them because we have a lot of Bengals fans in Louisiana because Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Okay, uh, I want you to name all the plays uh, or penalties that you thought could have been controversial that caused the Bengals.
5: Well, the last, the last uh, penalty on Osai side was was a legitimate penalty, and I'm not here oh, to talk no about question. that one. Right,
3: right, but, but you yeah, got to call that. They, they call that against anyone.
5: Yeah, but the block in the back on the punt return, and.
3: That was no. not a block in the back. Okay, you being a homer, uh, Big John, uh, with the Bengals. Okay. If you look at it, look at all different angles. He was, yes, he was at his bank, and it was like a drama queen uh, because he knew he was out of position to and, make uh, the play. And, and to, to make the play, and the Bengals guy exaggerates. No, the, 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 chief, the, the Chiefs guy pulled up. I'm telling you, no, the mistake was, was putting it to the son of a gun or not having enough yeah. height. So uh, no, no doubt see, about
5: the, that. he he outstretched the coverage and he, he, he had a, he, he a very the short on So you would have
3: to give me yeah. more examples of a play that I thought the, the Bengals got the raw in and the
2: deal. Now the the Which last line? pass in the interference. Thing, though, guys, and because my, to my me point. that was a ticky tack call uh, on the Bengals uh, defensive back because he. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, okay yeah yeah you he really did he had his call. hand okay, on okay. it. Okay I'll give it to backs.
3: They're always touching one. And you can oh, have yeah. your hands around their waist, but do you turn them? And, and Matt gets them? the penalty, but yeah, he yeah. didn't turn him? No, no, no. So that, no, no, no. I agree with that. That, that, that was a nitpicking call. Then the human that, that's element, a call.
2: And, 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 and then you're dealing with uh, human beings. So You saw Joe. You know, he throws the ball, and the guy kind of just taps him. Up in the high shoulders, showman makes a flip. Back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. No. And then he, he he's up right away. Hey, you didn't you didn't call it? Uh, you're roughing the passer. You know, referee. I mean, you got to chuckle with that. Thank you, Big John. We yeah. appreciate the call. All right, Big job. Thank you. We'll be back with more. And Jeff Nowak from the Senior Bowl in Mobile, right after this break on the Big Eight Seventy.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one.
2: Back here on the second guest show, Mike you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby A. Bear, live from the Silver Slipper Casino, beachside, right here in Hancock County, Mississippi. We're going to go to our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line from the Senior Bowl in Mobile. Jeff Nawag, Jeff, thanks for joining us this afternoon.
6: What's up, Mike? How you doing?
2: All right, but uh, man, you know, uh, I was talking to Jim Nagy. Uh, maybe about 10 days ago, and boy, he was excited about the group he had. He said, Mike, this may be the best group of players and highly drafted players we've had in the past seven or eight years. I mean, he he was really raving about it, and we were talking about some of the smaller college guys, Cody Mark uh, from North Dakota State, and some of the tight ends that were there uh, also that, that could come up the charts. But this is where, for me, the big men, and I'm talking about, this is where everybody needs help. I don't care if it's starter help or depth, offensive, defensive lines. They've made the most money, I told this to Jim, than any other unit going to the senior bowl. Well, Mike, didn't this happen with Trevor Penning? At the it happened bowl? with Trevor. Now, he was projected as a first-round But, pick, I mean, he kicked butt but at the senior he, bowl, right? Yeah, he took care of business there and solidified being a top-20 pick. But I think this is where to watch because I do think – Edge rushers, defensive tackles, offensive line. Everybody needs either starter people or depth people. That's where you're going to make some money at the senior bowl. Yeah,
6: and I think from a Saints perspective, and I don't think you can bank on them having a first-round pick. It might happen. You know, they might fall from the sky and hit them in the head. But for a team that's trying to figure out the prospects from 40 to 112 or 117, whatever their second-round pick or their their third-round pick is, this is where you're going to find a lot of those players. You know, a lot of the top 40 aren't going to be out here. But that next group where you're trying to develop, like you know, you're trying to find developmental prospects that will help you for the next five, ten years, this is where you find those guys. And so I think the Saints, of all the years, for so the Saints to have kind of four position coaches, if you will, obviously Ronald Curry is the offensive coordinator to get a really close look at some of these guys on the field. I think this is a really big advantage for them. Um, and the last time they came here, without a first-round pick, they, they found Eric McCoy, who was also a senior bowl guy. So I think this is a team that very much prioritizes this event in their scouting, and uh, this is going to be, you know, as if any year was going to be the year, this would be it. And Jeff, uh,
3: yeah, yeah, but, yeah, go ahead, yeah, Jeff, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, uh, who are you expecting, like, all hands on deck with the Saints, whether it be Mickey Loomis, Dennis Allen, Jeff Ireland, uh, are they all going to be there? You expect to see them or what?
6: Yeah, I mean, I think they, the Saints usually have a pretty strong contingent out here regardless. Obviously, you're going to have the four coaches on the field, so that's one thing. I know last year we saw a majority of the of the assistants out here. Streep is always out here getting a close look at the uh, offensive line prospects. I don't know if we'll see Mickey, um, but we will definitely see Jeff Ireland, obviously Ronald Curry. So, uh, I mean, I think if, if, as much as any year, they're going to have all these guys out here for sure.
2: Jeff, uh, a, a lot of the top tight ends are junior guys. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think this is a pretty thick year. And I, I went look at my top 58. I got seven tight ends in the, my top 58. Top 58 players? Top 58. And, and seven are tight ends? Whoa. Seven are tight ends. Whoa. Now, most of those guys are juniors. Uh, but there's an interesting player there uh, from Oregon State that I think mm-hmm. could potentially – Make a run here. He got hurt with a knee injury. He's a big man, tight end, who can catch the football. He's not too great as a blocker. I've, I've watched enough of him. I can figure that out. Right. Uh, but my little four-year-old could have figured, granddaughter could have figured that one out too. <laughs> I mean, he, he's a try, but he ain't uh, barreling into anybody. I think the tight end position will be one. Now, you looking into the second tier of tight ends here, But that kid from Oregon State's got a chance because he's one of the top 58.
6: Yeah, and and Declan Doyle is the Saints offensive assistant. He's going to be the tight ends coach at the Senior Bowl for, I want to say it's the American team, which is the, you're talking about Luke Musgrave. I don't know if he actually said his name. Um, That's who we're talking about. Yeah, 6'6", 250. You know, it's funny because you look at his stat line and you're like, wow, he must have had a terrible year. 11 catches, 169 yards and a touchdown. Well, that was over two games. He only played two games. (laughs) <laughs> so when you, when you look at that, it's like, wow, he was very productive in those two games. And, yeah, you, you look at a guy, he moves really well. He, he moves like a wide receiver downfield. I think he needs to bulk up at the NFL level. It's part of the reason he's a developmental prospect, I think. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when you see him move, and, you know, I don't say this often about guys. Like, I don't compare guys in the NFL. But you see how Travis Kelsey moves down the field. And you see how he's been able to dominate for a decade in the NFL. And you see similar traits with, you know, they're about the same height, they have the same kind of build, and it's really just a question of whether he can be an NFL blocker, I think, because he's got all the ball skills.
2: Yeah, and the way the game is played today, a lot of that, he's off the line of scrimmage anyway. He, he's almost right, like a right. slot receiver. A lot of these tight ends, the way they play them. Is there a running back there that you want to keep an eye on? Because I do think that's an area where I would not be surprised to see the Saints use multiple picks. We have to address that. Especially if you can get a big back. And Tajay's there. And But I, I think we've seen over the years, um, there's only going to be one first-round pick running back, and, and that's Bijan uh, from Texas. Uh, I, I sort of believe that, Tajay may fall into that sort of area code where Alvin Kamara gets picked, where you had him maybe as a second-round pick, but he falls into round three. Uh, So who are you keeping your eye on at the running back spot? And I'm looking more particularly for a bigger back. 100%.
6: Um, You know, here's a a stat for you. So I looked up all all the same senior bowl picks dating back to – 2000, which is, you know, when Mickey Loomis came on. So it's a good year to start. That's 23 drafts. They have made 49 picks of players who were at the senior bowl. Zero of those players were running backs. So that doesn't mean the Saints won't scout running backs at the senior bowl, but I do think it, it's, it's kind of indicative of the, the players they will look at. And it's typically linemen, linebackers. Um, you know, you'll see some, you'll see a wide receiver or two. You'll see a tight end or two. I think Ian Book was out here. But, yeah, I mean, I think a guy like Chris Rodriguez from Kentucky intrigues me. You know, I think that you're going to see a lot of guys who have a chance to stand out. And so I almost, like, when I look at the running back position at the senior bowl, I kind of take a wider perspective and I just kind of wait to see who forces me to look down at my roster. I'm like, oh, who was that? You know? Um, But I I think Chris Rodriguez is interesting to me because I think he was really good two years ago. And then the entire Kentucky offense, I think the offensive line kind of fell off a cliff. And so a guy like Will Levis, a guy like Chris Rodriguez, didn't have a great offensive season um, this past year, but I, I think both of those guys are going to be interesting to watch this week.
2: Two guys uh, to keep an eye on. One, Dorian Williams. Uh, Jim and I mm-hmm. talked about Dorian back in October, and he's no small linebacker, you know, but, man, he can move, especially east and west, and he's got better in the coverage part of the game. And the other guy I think who'll get picked much higher than people or give him a draft grade is Jay Ward from LSU. Because he can play outside, he can play in the slot, he can play free safety, and he can play nickel and dime sets. Man, anything like that, man, I I want that guy because he's interchangeable in so many areas. So your thoughts on Jay Ward from LSU and certainly uh, Dorian Williams, I think he's got a chance to be a top 100 pick in this draft. And I feel the same way toward Jay.
6: Yeah, I think safety is a, it's another position. I keep I sound like a broken record, is another position the Saints have a coach at that's Corey Robinson. I think from from the Saints perspective, as they're looking at safeties, one of the things that they didn't have this year and you, you noticed it, was a center field type safety. A guy who can get over the top, play top down, pick up pick up those interceptions on tips and overthrows. You had that with Marcus Williams and he never really replaced it. And so yeah, a guy like Jay Ward, I think Christopher Smith out of Georgia is really intriguing. He's, been, he's the player who returned the field goal for a touchdown against LSU in the SEC Championship. He also had an interception in that game. You know, and so I think that's kind of what I'm looking for in this in this kind of setting is are there any safeties who show kind of that elite ability to get over the top, to play top-down coverage? Um, because the Saints, I think Tyron Matthew, I think Marcus May, it's a solid duo, but neither one of them is that kind of deep safety. And so that's what I'm looking for at I don't know if Jay Ward is that. I think he's more of a more of a downfield player, trying to get into the box. But we'll see. Dorian Williams, mm-hmm.
2: from Tulane, man, I, I think Jeff—he—he's one hell of a player. Man, he's got great instincts. He's not a, a a small linebacker, and his ability to run the field is so impressive. Him and Nick Anderson—I mean, every other play, they were making a tackle. If it wasn't Nick, it was Dorian. I mean. That part of Tulane's defense was awesome, but Dorian sort of flew under the radar because of the fact Tulane's offense was so good this year, especially revolving around Pratt and, and Tajay.
6: Yeah, I can't argue with that. The, the linebacker position as the senior bowl is always tough to get a read on because um, you're not hitting, right? You're, you're not seeing a lot of that physicality. So you're seeing a lot of coverage. Um, but, yeah, I think Dorian Williams is going to be someone to watch. I think – a guy like you know, I always struggle to say his name. The kid from Alabama. I think it's Tio or something to that. Yeah. Extent, to that extent, um, you know, there's going to be a few a few folks to watch uh, these next couple of days. Practices start tomorrow, and obviously Wednesday, Thursday, and then the game on Saturday.
3: Now, huh? Jeff, uh, I didn't get your take on this because uh, things happen fast. Uh, Saints D line coach. All of a sudden, uh, mm-hmm. you look at Ryan Nielsen and what he's accomplished. Now. Uh, You know, you could say, well, you just get a different coach, whatever. But I look at a lot of Saints fans don't realize this because it might have been maybe up and down. But since 2017, uh, you know, we look at the Eagles this year. They had 70 sacks. But uh, since 2017, uh, the Saints have recorded the second most sacks in the NFL. So that's a handful of years in the sample size of 281. Only behind the Steelers uh, in that time span had more sacks than the Saints. Uh, Look at the Saints. I always say you got to get high 40s or low 50s. We had 45 total sacks this season. Uh, And it didn't start good. Yeah, it didn't start good. But (laughs) but think about this. We've totaled 45 or more sacks
2: in each of the last four seasons. Ryan got a big part in that.
3: So, uh, yeah. So now he's going to Atlanta. We're going to have to face that. Um, But but what is your take on uh, Coach Nielsen? He's young. He's only 44 years of age. You know, he's taken over a 73-year-old Dean Pease. That's a household NFL name as Falcons defensive coordinator as he announced his retirement with January the 9th. So, so that, that's, um, boy, that's a
2: great opportunity for him. But what about the boy with the Saints? And Arthur Smith, I do know one thing with Arthur. I had some dealings with him with, with Tennessee, the right? network. Man, he, he's, he's going to turn that defense over to Nielsen. That, that's not his forte. You know, he's the offensive guy, quarterback kind of passing guy. So Ryan's going to get a lot of autonomy and uh, Atlanta to do on defense.
6: Yeah, well, one thing I will point out with that with the sack stat is it's not always the defensive line, right? I think this year, more than a lot of other years, you saw a lot of sacks from DeMario Davis, Caden Ellis. So a good number of those sacks came at the linebacker level. I do think the defensive line struggled this year and the sack number might be skewing it a little bit. But I think since 2017, you have seen a very consistent pass rush. What has Hurt the last couple of years has been the lack of development for first round picks, right? You know, it seemed like Marcus Davenport took a step back this year. I don't know how I still can't quite fathom how he went through the entire season with only a half sack, you know, Peyton Turner, he was a healthy scratch in a lot of games. I think he might've lost his confidence a little bit. And so that's been frustrating to watch, but I think from the larger level, Ryan Nielsen has been a very good defensive line coach and I don't put all of that on him. Um, the second I saw he was interviewing with Atlanta, I had a feeling he was going to be out the door and it has nothing to do with, you know, what he was doing with the saints beyond when you're on Dennis Allen's staff, you're not going to be able to stand out as a defensive coordinator the same way you would if you were on, say, Sean Payton's staff, the way Dennis Allen was able to put himself in a position to become a head coach. Right. You know, it's the same way Pete Carmichael was kind of stuck behind Sean Payton for so many years. And so, that's just an opportunity that I think it's not a surprise to me that he did not pass it up. If you remember a couple of years ago, he was ready to go jump ship and take over as LSU's defensive coordinator.
3: Punch. He was uh, trying to and make and that and trip and to no, Baton Rouge. No, then all of a sudden Sean's telling I him. I uh, got something not, in that contract, awesome. Ross. Right,
6: right. <laughs> well, I think, he's, I think Sean saved him from himself a little bit because that he wouldn't end ended be. well. Right. <laughs> and so it's, just, it's a good opportunity for Ryan. I think the Saints are going are, are gonna to regret you know, letting him get away, If not that they had any choice. But I think he's going to be a thorn in their side for, for a while now. And now you got to look at guys like David Onyamatic and David Street, Marcus Davenport, all free agents, who very easily hop over to Atlanta.
2: Yeah, and they got $55 million of cap space, the Falcons. Man, that's a lot of coin. Yep. And, you, and you can overpay for people. And that, that's what's going to happen. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us. We'll have you on all week talk about the senior bowl. Yeah,
3: J- Jeff, uh, Bob, I think he's out
2: there too. Yeah, I saw the picture. <laughs> right. He's there. All right, Jeff. All right, thank Jeff. you, brother. Yeah, he's got a good setup. All right, guys. All right. We'll be back with more second guests right after this break on the Big Eight Seven. finishing up here, our number two of the second guest show. Mike Detail, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Abert, live from the Phil Silver Slipper Casino, Beatside in Hancock County, Mississippi, Bob, it hasn't been made official. A lot of reports out of Miami that your old buddy, and we've had him on, friend of the show, Vic Fangio, come yes. on a couple times, will be the new defensive coordinator with the Dolphins. they well, got a lot of talent. They didn't play really well last year defensively, I'll be well, honest with uh, the you. They thing, were all stinking. The
3: thing is, you know, um, you know, who's top of the list? And you might say, you, know, you hear Sean Payton, uh, you know, uh, six, seven, eight coaches, five coaches get fired every year, and it was Sean Payton, Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Then you go uh, on and on from there. Well, top defensive coordinator for a number of opportunities was Vic Fangio. So now uh, the Miami Dolphins have reached a deal with former Denver Broncos head coach Vic Fangio. He was in control of the Dome Patrol, particularly the outside linebackers. You know, Sidwell would work with Sam Mills and Von Johnson, but Vic was working with Pat Swilling and, uh, and Ricky Jackson. So you look at Vic, uh, he's been, like I said, one of the most sought-after defensive coordinators uh, Canada this offseason. You know, with Denver, he was 19-30 and from 19 to 21. But uh, the Dolphins fired defensive coordinator Josh Boyer after three seasons because they finished ranked 18 in total defense, 27th in passing defense, and tied for 24th and third downs on a team. Now, they had injuries. But, Mike, uh, they got way too much talent, talent to be finishing to be that, that low. No, they, um, they, should be
2: that, top, they should
3: be top ten.
2: Yeah, I, I, and I, and, I and Big Fangio can make a difference. We'll be back with more second guests right after this break here on the Big 870.